Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is the Black Woman Behold podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Anisha. We have Kim and Marquia. What up? What up? What up? What up? What up, Marquia? Where you at? I'm here, y'all. I'm trying to eat. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. This is Black women working on being whole. I got to get a meal in while on the podcast because it's been a rough day. So that's where we are. Uh, we are on episode four of season two, y'all. So today we got entitled Mask On, Fuck It, Mask Off. We're talking about code switching today. Since it's Black History Month, I was like, why not talk about the ways in which culturally Black people are asked to, f- we are either asked or we are forced to code switch, right? So I was like, all right, if we're going to talk about this, maybe I should find a definition. <laughs> so I was looking up the definition of code switching and this is what they say, is a process of shifting from one linguistic code, a language or dialect to another, depending on the social context or conversational setting. But I feel like for Black people, it goes a little further than that. So for us, I feel like code switching involves more like adjusting your style of speech, your appearance, your behavior, your expression, in ways that sometimes kind of optimize the comfort of others. And we only do it because we want fair treatment. We want quality service. We want employment opportunities. We just want some type of equality. So we got to do what we got to do. So I'm like the person on the podcast who loves research shit, y'all, just so y'all know. So of course I have, I read a little bit of research and it says research suggests that code switching, ah, code switching often occurs in spaces where negative stereotypes of black people run counter to what are considered appropriate behaviors and norms for a specific environment it has been coined by people of color and more specifically centered around the black experience is when black people switch the way they speak act and interact with colleagues within the companies they work for so we want to get into this today. I thought it would be good because I think that we all have a bit of code switching in us. And now that a lot of us are returning back to work, that is something that we have to talk about. And we can also probably look at the ways in which we were code switching when we were on Zoom too. Because some of us didn't really want to show our backgrounds because, you know, you got a lot of Afrocentric stuff at home or you just don't want people in your business. You don't want them in, they ha- in your house. So a lot of us was turning our camera off. So we might get into that, too. But before we get into that, you know, we got to do our little check in. So, ladies, what are y'all working on this week before we get into the code switching conversation? As I drink my passion fruit and rum. Just wanted to throw that in there because this is another after dark, y'all. We are taping. It is officially 925 at night. So that's pretty late for us. What are y'all working on? Um, For me, I think I'm working on just trying to stay focused, not get too overwhelmed. Um, You know, it's still dark out. It's still cold out. And it's kind of hard to be motivated and interested in things that even though you may love them, it's just a little difficult to kind of pull yourself to do them. So trying to give myself grace in that time period, but also trying to find ways to kind of get out of those uh, darker or sadder spaces. Hmm. I think a lot of people can, that can resonate with a lot of people. Hello, seasonal effectiveness disorder. You need to get away. Yes, it is on full display right now. That damn lamp don't work. That damn lamp is not working. Come on. The light ain't working, Kim. Light don't work. A lot of people. Yeah. Um, I am working on actually, and I think I'm in a, I'm getting in a good space for like, you know what? It is what it is. Um, I'm letting go. 
doesn't matter what it is I'm letting it go I'm good thanks um because you know we always talk about our mental health whatever protecting your peace so the energy that I want to give is just going to be like can we do it nope okay not going to worry about it so I'm working on not taking on things that don't belong to me because not my circus not my monkey as they say sometimes so that's what I'm working on taking it as it is and not being like well you know don't matter let's get it or not I feel like we definitely talk about mental health tonight <laughs> that's what we're working on in some type of way I think for me I'm working on feeling my feelings I think that I'm like feel all of it right the good what I would consider bad all of the feelings just feel it um, I think that I'm trying to be more present. That's what I'm working on. Trying to be more present. I think that sometimes when we are stuck in the present, the future and the past all at the same time, we can get pretty anxious, right? Like all of the things I didn't do, all of the things I need to do, um, all, you know, it, it just can be overwhelming. So I think for me right now, I'm trying to stay in the present as much as I can. Um, but that can be really difficult. So I think right now I am trying to prioritize my mental health. Again, you know, the, the, the winter is kind of rough. Um, I've, I think they call me a snowbird cause I've, I've, I'm in Florida now and got to tell you the weather's not even great. <laughs> I mean, I could walk outside a little bit more than I could in New York city, but other than that, it's not much sunshine. It was raining all day today, but, um, I think I'm just trying to prioritize my mental health right now. That's what I'm working on. So, um, you know, we're trying to work on different things, right? Like each episode until something sticks before we were trying to do like, what memes did you guys like? So today we're asking what's the craziest thing you read or saw this week? Because I know all of us is on social media reading stuff because we're always sending each other shit. <laughs> so what is the craziest thing y'all saw or read this week? Um, I watched Euphoria episode five on Sunday. <laughs> girl, girl, if you know, you know. Um, wow, Zendaya, give her all her things, give her her Emmy, um, give her a producer credit, give her everything because, whoo, that performance. And I am still very concerned about my girl Brew. Is she safe? What's happening? And she's a fictional character. And one of my friends actually said, like, I now know what my parents feel like when they were worried that I did not come home and I like empathize with that because I could literally not sleep so wow you know shout out to them to the people saying it glorifies drug use absolutely not I have no desire to touch anyone's drugs I have no desire to take an Advil an aspirin or anything because I'm not <laughs> trying to be a junkie it's very scary it's okay. very much scared straight so I don't know what y'all talking about with that it's giving dare Okay. <laughs> but dare is mad dare is talking about they're glorifying drugs i know like, y'all no. need to be capitalizing on this because that shit was real Ooh, listen God. you know what that that goes to show how powerful something is you're like you ain't even real girl and i'm thinking about you <laughs> even today i was like is real okay <laughs> listen we do get caught up in wait. these shows can what you what, what Yo, you brought us okay here's the thing on 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 tiktok Lawrence posted something from Insecure. I was like, he posted Lawrence? something about somebody slapping him in the airport because of something he did to Issa. Oh, I said, you know what? I'm done. 
Uh, and you know they be wanting to beat Tariq up from power. They stay talking about finding him in the alley or something. <laughs> these these characters are living. We awful. still mad because he killed ghosts. Forget about what he's doing on the new show. People <laughs> still mad about that. Spoiler alert wow. if you never watched um, Power. <laughs> Which ended years ago. Right. Like two now. Okay. Okay. I've never um, seen it. Oh, thanks nah, for ruining it. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Damn, Damn girl. You- Okay, let me stop. If you haven't seen Power Girl, I might have to revoke your black card because <laughs> it's one of those things. Power is one of those you get your black card revoked for not seeing. I can't. Um, I have a principal reason why I don't really like Fifty Cent, so I just couldn't get on mm-hmm. board with. Omari Hardwick is everything. We can we we cannot care about Fifty. Like I haven't seen all Fifty shows, but I love Tommy, which is from Power, and I'm going to watch the new show just because I love Tommy. I just want to put that out there. Look at that. Everybody getting caught up. See? Everybody Already. caught up. We Shout caught out up. to Method Man looking juicy as hell. Okay. At 50. Ooh, wee. <laughs> um, back to the thing that I saw. Okay. Or read. Oop, my bad. Um, oop, no, no, because it goes in it goes along with what you were talking about in Rue. Mm. Um, y'all, y'all, y'all president, Joe Biden, or Uncle Joe, as y'all like to call him, giving out crack pipes. Mm-mm. For crackheads, for crack, for meth. I don't know, Aaron. <laughs> I don't know. What? Sir, can you play teachers? Can you give motherfuckers like running water and homes? You giving out crack pipes. That $30 million needed to go towards that. <laughs> That's how important he thought it Yo, was. Yo, this Look shit is crack bugging pipes me. To addicts. Crack pipes to addicts to the tune of $30 million. Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing more resourceful than a crackhead. They don't need your crack pipes. Joe Biden. Is this also, harm reduction? What is going on? I just have questions, and also just not not during Black History Month. Like we not right. Mm-mm. It feels very. Ter- it feels like a terrorist act. Like it why feels anti-black. Pipes? It feels anti-black. It does. Damn, damn, I'm mad no. you out crack pipes during Black History Month. What you trying to say? <laughs> I need to tell you, I saw it and I thought it was bullshit. Like I got it on a family group <laughs> chat. I was like, that's not real. And another family member came through with the CNN report. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I was like, no, Joe. No, Joe. Can you forgive my loans, Joe? Like, can okay. you do something else and give out some crack pipes? Can you forgive my loans? I'm out here working hard. Yeah, we didn't do it, Joe. We didn't do it. Mm -mm. (laughs) Okay, Mm -mm. Anisha, what's the craziest thing you read or saw this week? What's up? All right, listen. Okay, y'all. So it was a video. I read the article, but I also watched the video. So the new sip and paint is the erotic sip and paint, where they have naked instructors walking around. And this girl decided that she wanted to give some head. Like, I just had to say it. I was going to call it, what is it, fellatio? Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yeah, I wanted to call it fellatio, but I was like, nah, it's after dark. No, the guy was walking around, one of the sipping paint instructors. They are naked. They look like strippers because I saw the video. And she decided to put it in her mouth. And she uh, went to town on it. She Mm-mm. went to town on that thing. At the sip and paint. While it's everybody video? else is painting, you got the music in the background. She taking it down, slob a knob knob. I was like, like okay, y'all. Oh, girl. <laughs> this is what we doing at sip and paint? Now, listen. I'm definitely not going to be touching nobody think thing. But I don't mind to go to a sip and paint and we got some cute strippers walking around <laughs> while the music is going and the drinks is flowing and I'm painting. Now, I'm all in with that. But 
a lot of people was like, yo, could you just got his number? So you could have met him afterwards. I mean, she did it in front of everybody. Like she put it on display. I could imagine it was some people in the background, like, get it, girl, get it, girl. Egging her on. <laughs> just egging her all the way on. So that I couldn't, I, I mean, we performing oral sex on um erotic sipping paint instructors out here, y'all. And you know, they was black, y'all. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. She was black. It was a good black girl. Okay, well, hold up. Did y'all let's let's also talk about displays of 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 nonsense because um my my Becky girl in Miami mm-hmm. backing up at the brunch exposing herself touching herself okay Mm-mm. like it, it feels like it's a rash of like things happening like this is it the pandemic it is it's definitely is the it pandemic. drama <laughs> am I the drama <laughs> the pandemic is the damn drama if people have lost their mind and they're coming back out acting the hell up. They mm-hmm. said that dating has been hard in a pandemic. So people are like, I got to get in where I fit in. I got to get it wherever I can. And listen, if, if that means that I'm slobbing somebody now that I don't know very well, I guess that's what Ooh, it's giving us TV. That's all I'm saying. It's just very much giving sexually there was, transmitted. There was no paper party. I'm pretty sure she didn't ask for his papers right. before she laid that on her. Oh, Lord. But you know... You know what? If she Things likes happen. it, she likes it. I love it. it. Nope, I don't <laughs> love, like it, it, I I, love it. If she yeah. likes it, she likes it. And that's good for her. I'm sex positive. <laughs> I'm not I'm not against <laughs> sex positivity, but I'm not sucking no random dick um for everyone to look at. No, then, I'm not either. I mean, listen, I'm not an exhibitionist. I'm more of a warrior. I'm gonna tell you I would have been looking though. I don't know about y'all. I would have been looking like, okay, girl, I see you. This is what we doing. It would have been like a you'd have, right you'd have pulled out me. a notepad, like, girl, what's that? Oh, <laughs> you take something. To, oh, that what, what trick is that? Oh, that's the new with the hand. Oh, how you did that? Chelsea. She gonna be teaching classes now. That girl about to make a. She got a whole side hustle now, y'all. I or the way does. it works, you know, she'll be flamed and fired because you know what respectability exactly because you know she and Kim K at Paris Hilton. And right. you know, me when Mimi tried it with her little you Ooh, know, the, bathroom, not, not the shower back, shower back, shower back, back. Okay, Mimi and get them numbers like that. So she we gotta didn't. do it differently. Mimi we gotta, and we gotta think. Uh-huh. Yes. So there yes. we go. <laughs> that was real wild. It was some wild stuff this week. Now, now, how are we gonna get into this conversation after we discuss that? Well, I think I don't even know. The segue, segue. help me segue. segue. Is the responsibility piece right? Like, I mean, I'm not saying like you should just be out here sucking random dicks, but I am saying that there is something to be said for the glorification from Kim K, Paris Hilton with sex tapes and sex videos, but black girls don't get that. So we have to carry ourselves in a different way in order to be deemed more um, acceptable um, and be respected because, you know, we're already looked at as, you know, this over-sexualized being. Mm, Come through, Segway. Come through with the pivot. Look at that shit. Bang, bang. That was (laughs) was nice, Marquia. I wasn't ready. I tried. That's it. That's it. We love it. Go ahead on, Anisha. What we doing? We we talking, talking about, about mask on, mask off. We talking about code switching, right? <laughs> so for some of us, code switching is like a survival tactic, right? In the corporate world, and I think in in many worlds that we are in, um, have you guys ever had the code switch? And what did that look like? Um. Yeah. I mean, I work in education. I went to a very white um college. 
Um, so yeah, that's a thing, you know, you want to be received as smart, as capable as all these things. So yes, I am fortunate now that I'm in a work environment that is very black um, and I'm able to be my full authentic self every day. And I'm thankful for that. But, you know, there are still situations where, you know, you go out and well, not so much anymore, but, you know, people may try to make you feel self-conscious about being who you truly are. And then, you know, for me, and now I just make a choice, like either I don't choose to be around you or yeah, that's really it. I just choose not to be around you. Cause I like me as I am and like anything less than what you all hear on this podcast, trust you, trust me, this is what you get in real life. Um, it's not comfortable and I don't want to do it at 34 years old. Like I'm too old to be trying to placate other people. Hmm. I like that. Um, Ooh, now don't be fighting me. Cause y'all like to tussle. I Uh-oh. know that. Ooh. So, okay. I don't necessarily think of it as code switching here's why Mm -hmm. I'm a very different person when it comes to my family Mm -hmm. my family does not know the person that I am when I'm with Chanel Nadisha Mm -hmm. and the people that I work with don't know who I am in any of those other settings Mm -hmm. so for me um there are pieces of it I think just like the inflection of my voice changes but like I'm not like oh my god hi you know I can do a good voice though (laughs) I could throw on a good voice they'd be like is that a white woman talking to me on this other line (laughs) yes it is don't worry girl um you know (laughs) but I do believe that like um for me it's more about like how do I navigate the different spaces like I kind of don't care what people think um in the sense of like oh my god she's black she likes I eat fried chicken at work I don't talk about that you know um do you like it that's all that <laughs> exactly I eat fried chicken at work I don't care um I think for my but for my voice though how I communicate um I definitely um code switch the fuck out of my voice <laughs> and every time Anisha hears it she's like this shit is disgusting mm-hmm. it's not it's just very like hi it's mm-hmm. very upbeat wait you, you muted girl you muted what's going on I'm sorry. Here we go. I am traumatized by that shit when she does it. I mean, I would love to, the viewers to hear like, I mean, it is a stark difference. I've known this woman for over 20 years. When she throws it on, she throws it on thick. I'm like, yo, who the fuck? But I know it now, but it still makes me laugh every time she does it. The code switch voice is like, she would make anyone comfortable. I don't give a fuck where you from, who you are. It is that like just so comforting of voices. But it does also feel a little way. <laughs> and I hate to say that because that sounds a little ignorant a little bit, but that's kind of what it, it, it feels like. But it's still Kim. It's just perkier Kim, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm not perky. Right. My white voice that's, is definitely perky. It's a perkier Kim. That's what it is. That shit is very enthusiastic. Like, hi, everyone. Oh, my God. It's giving <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> no, it's Hello. Gi- <laughs> oh, it's um, definitely not giving Oprah. Ooh. No? No, girl. I don't know who was giving, but it ain't Oprah. So it's giving Sharon? <laughs> it might be. It might be. I don't know. Listen, what I do know is when I throw that voice on, I get shit. And people don't play with me. That's yeah, it. Yeah. If I'm over the phone, I need to talk to you about this now. And that's the end of it. And I'd like to speak to a manager right now. Yes. (laughs) That reminds me of that scene in White Chicks. Dear (laughs) Mr. Hudson, 
I am a white woman in America. <laughs> One of my Jokes. favorite movies. But um, really, yes, hmm. I love white chicks. Girl, makes me laugh. I do too, though. I do love white chicks. <laughs> that shit is funny. Looking at my lumps. <laughs> um, I guess have I had to code switch? I think the biggest thing for me is my hair. So um, I grew up in a time when if you were going on a job interview, you need to take out your braids. And that always bothered me because it was like, if it came up and I didn't know it was coming up and if I just got my hair braided, it was still like, I would have to still go take it out. I would have to get a fresh perm, blow it and have it straight, right? Like I, I felt like that was the only way that I would be accepted. And back in that, in those days, right? Like in the early 2000s, it was real. Like you had to do that. I mean, we had to come out with the damn crown act to protect people against being discriminated for their hair. Like shit is just that bad. So I think for me, the code switching, um, and maybe is the way I dress because for people who haven't seen me, I got a big butt. <laughs> so I have to kind of figure out like, how do you tone it down? So my butt doesn't look so big, which I love my butt. Let me be very clear about that. <laughs> and, but it feels like in white spaces, it doesn't feel as comfortable because I think that they've deemed it unprofessional. Like, how is it my body is unprofessional? That's the weirdest shit ever, right? The things about Black people that are deemed unprofessional is just like, wow. So my appearance is unprofessional. My hair is unprofessional. My dialect is unprofessional. My, my name is unprofessional. I mean, give me a fucking break. Like, how did you guys decide on what was professional and what was not? So now the one thing I've never done is change my name. So I know a lot of Keishas that are like K's now. And I know a lot of Sh Shania's is the Shays. Like everybody wants to kind of, you know, change their name, make it a little shorter, make it a little bit more palpable. I'm Ed Nisha. My daddy's name is Edward. And I was like, this is who I am. I've never been like, call me this or call me that. No, call me Ed Nisha. Call me I what the fuck my it. name is. I love it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going back on that. I'm not shortening that shit. Like, I'm not asthma. I mean, I've been called all types of shit. Not Let asthma, me be real quick. Yo, you like, first of all, and black people be fucking <laughs> your name up too. You like, come on, y'all. My daddy named Edward is Ed. It's in it. Ed is E-D. That's the beginning mm -hmm. of it. Just, mm -hmm. just pronounce it out, y'all. But like, I always felt like, how do I go in and be my authentic self? But there were moments when I first started working, I think that code switching was just something that I did because it felt like that was the only way that I would fit into the corporate world. And I feel like that's what was taught to me too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that like when you're in college and I went to a predominantly white college and you would meet with like the, um, the black um, alumni that would come in, it was like they were teaching you how to code switch. That was like, this is what I'm going to teach you in order for you to be successful. These are the things that you have to do. And I think that they were basically teaching me how to code switch before I even knew what it was called. Right, right. What do you think? Did you guys get that feeling? Well, I think it's a thing that people do because it's like, you know, this is what you have to do to survive. I think we're yeah. in a situation now where it's not that Mm -hmm. um and you don't have to do that like I work at a space where I have black people that are in positions of power so I don't yeah. have to dumb down who I am like we have other conversations about maybe like 
how to approach the the white people we work with in order to not like hurt their feelings essentially um but there's never anything now that I've encountered with other black professionals that are like you shouldn't well that's not true but the ones I choose to run with um I don't they don't subscribe to that love it yeah I mean I think um going back to what you said about um looks and things um I've rocked natural here I rock my natural hair workspaces with the Frederick Douglass part. That shit looks not dry. Frederick Douglass, did say Frederick Douglass yes, bitch. With the Frederick Douglass part, like, what's up? I'm here. Leave me alone. <laughs> okay. And it looked like Frederick Douglass here. Like, that's how my hair grow on my head. Okay. It look a little dry. It's okay, Frederick. though. Mind your business. Don't touch it either. So, um, but yeah, I think... um. What I always find very interesting is that like how you show up in spaces, like even within the workspace, like mm-hmm. you code switch because you've got black coworkers, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you show up differently for them than you do for white coworkers because it, it's just the thing. It's like a natural thing. I think um for a lot of people, I think for me, it's a seamless thing. I don't think about it anymore. And it's like, oh, it's just a thing I do. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, this is what I, this is what I do here. This is what I do there. You know, I'm, you know, I'm friends with black coworkers. I'm friendly and friends with, you know, white coworkers. Um, but I talk to them differently. Mm-hmm. Like when we go out for drinks with this particular group, it's very different kind of energy and conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with this set, it's different. And so I think for me, um, it's, it's interesting because I think I've gotten to a space where I'm like, I don't necessarily feel like I'm always code switching because I, I'm in spaces with people that look like me. And so Mm-hmm. you know the moments and opportunities and the times um present the present a balance for me mm-hmm. right in some regard and it's like oh okay we can talk about stuff like girl get your people mm-hmm. like I have a co-worker when I call her, like get your people because they acting up today and she's like yes they are let me tell you what happened mm-hmm. and then you know we'll talk some shit um so I think it's you know not that and I'm and I have admittedly not been in spaces where I think people really feel like they are they have to change who they are they have to dumb who they dumb down who they are so mm-hmm. I would like to say that because I don't I haven't occupied those spaces I've been a nonprofit, and uh, yes there is yes there is racism yes there is all of that in there the spaces that I've occupied um in some regard I've been able to still have a voice or you know say my opinion about stuff and still feel like I'm Kim because I'm doing both. Yeah, I do think that that's interesting, the space that you occupy, right? Um, I've been in sales before, so I wasn't in like those mainly like hardcore corporate spaces. So I didn't feel like maybe I had to change as much. And now that I'm a therapist and I'm at a, um, a practice where diversity is prioritized, and I am a supervisor there. Like, I feel like I can just be me. Like, I can be Anisha. Like, I can have my jokes, right? That maybe all the Black people get and some of the white people get and maybe some of them don't, but I'm okay with that too. That I feel like I can just be myself, right? Because I know that my humor could be like a little off-putting sometimes, depending on who I'm talking to. Um, but I feel like I can be open and I can be me. And so I'm very grateful, but I know a lot of my clients that I talk to, um, you know, are dreading the thought of returning to work because they're dreading the thought of code switching, right? They've been working from home, kind of interacting with people who they love and they trust every day. 
And like, what is it like to return to a space that you may not trust and how it impacts their mental health? So I think that that's been a thing that I'm hearing a lot about. I know a lot of my clients don't even want to return to work at all, guys. Like it's really feeling like they're mentally exhausted and like kind of you get you, you start to kind of second guess who you are because you don't feel heard in some of these spaces. And even if you kind of switch the way that you talk and all of those things, you still don't feel accepted. And so I think that what is it like to return to a space that you don't trust? And so, Kim, I know that you go, you've been back to work. Um, and I know, Marquia, of course, you are at work. And Marquia, you spoke about being at more of a predominantly Black school now. So do you feel like you trust that, you know, you are um, accepted there? So you don't have to feel like you need to code switch in somewhere. Yeah, and I'm also at a point in my life where I left a shitty job that caused me a lot of stress. So I don't really care if people quote unquote like me because I know that Mm -hmm. I do good work um but yeah like it's a good environment like that I'm in right now it's very inclusive at least from my perspective I'm sure some white people might say oh it's very black but you know we serve black and brown kids so I don't know what the fuck you want but hey you know like you say (laughs) kids like deserve to see themselves and the people that are there for them and trying to you know guide them in certain ways and I think that kids are able to appreciate and respect that more so it makes you know us feel more comfortable being our full selves and I think also because I work with such a young demographic seeing like you know okay this adult is themselves all the time and like they're able to do these things and I can be me too I think is helpful so and it and I think it's interesting because a lot of code switching is about blending in right and you don't need to blend in right because as a black woman at this school that the school is you, right? Like it's not something you have to blend in and be accepted and you're already accepted. And I think that the kids who see you, they probably feel really good and they probably feel like they can be themselves, right? And maybe they can use the type of dialect or slang they use at home. They can use with you too, because like Miss Marquia gets it. Oh, they're calling Miss Marquia child. They're going to be my my last name. Oh, they call you Miss Farmer? Okay, okay, okay. Don't get these kids slapped. Oh, you don't do that old school, Miss First Name? Okay. No. And as one of my friends says, like, this ain't no summer camp. Like, it's <laughs> no school. Okay. You better use my name. Oh, but yeah, and I think yeah. also, it's just a matter of, like, I don't care to blend in anymore. Like, this is me. And, like, my main priority is me being comfortable with me and my skin. And, like, I'm not willing to cut off parts of myself anymore for anyone or anything. So... I think also you brought up, but you're not also the minority at your school, right? I think sometimes it's about when you show up as the minority, so you are trying to fit in to like the dominant culture. At my old jobs, I still was shaking the table and I was like, this is me. My name is Marquia. Please spell it correctly. And Um, please pronounce it correctly. Like, come Um, on, y'all. And I would very much be like, and I'm a black woman. And as a black woman, this is what I feel. And it's small bullshit. You can ask my old bosses. Like they always be like, oh, why do you always have to? Maybe because I'm not happy. I don't like this. Like, no, no. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, that's interesting because it, it doesn't sound like we are the people who are in like these hostile spaces. Yeah. Right. That really a lot of um, people that look like us are experiencing like microaggressions and all this other stuff. Like, 
regardless to whatever, what I can deal with it because I, you know, I have support, I have this, I have that in the spaces that I'm in, but I have, you know, I, there have been, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back of like things that I've done and I have been the only black person in a white, in a white space. And, his, and it was very difficult because one day, and I had to go off like, no, this motherfucker didn't. <laughs> I was a board member with the nonprofit organization in New York. And the executive director, we were at an event. We're at a cultivation mm-hmm. event. The executive director was introducing me to people. This bitch mm-hmm. had the motherfucking nerve, the gall, and the, the unmitigated audacity Come on. to say, she's, and I didn't understand why you even fucking said that, motherfucker. First of all, she's mm-hmm. like the James Brown of the board. And I was oh, like, no. How you no. No, you didn't, motherfucker. <laughs> No, you didn't. Yo, when I tell y'all that that was, was just like, some overt racism. <laughs> like she even tried nah, to I feel good. No, nah, he nah, said nah, it. Nah, nah, nah. Like because you know, I was I, I was being me. And I'm gonna get to you after this, but I'm not <laughs> gonna let this interfere with you know helping the kids. But I'm coming for that dumbass later. And I did. And I was like, why the fuck did you say that? You didn't introduce any of these other board members like that. What are you talking about? I gave him the code switch voice so he knew I was not <laughs> playing with him. Okay. I'm confused. Help me here. I'm very perplexed at how you landed on James Brown. And Did I was, you elaborate? Like, Bitch, you talking about my natural hair? Because that was my natural hair phase. Like, I got a pompadour, nigga. You act like I was wilding. I was wilding. Like, I can't believe you. So, you know, when I think when I think about things like that, it's like it is very hard because your voice is not being heard or the thing that you're known for or good for or is being impeded by all of the things that, you know, people expect in terms of stereotypes. And you're just like, um, I just want you to leave me alone and do my job so I can collect my check and go home. And that's kind of all you want to people want to do. And they, they're getting all these things thrown at them. And. It is, it's, you know, detrimental to their mental health and physical health. People are having anxiety. They're having mm-hmm. fucking panic, panic attacks. attacks. Mm-hmm. They hate going into work. They're, there's so much being like felt and experienced in these spaces. And, you know, we've been trained to stay no matter what. Like people don't leave, get your ass out there and go find you something else. Cause you know, do you want your life or do you want your, this job? Well, they're calling this time, like the 2020, 2020, 2021, I think the great resignation. I think I read an article and they said like 68 million people resigned. I love that for them. Good. I did too, actually. I really did love that shit. I was like, people took stock in their life and was like, yo, what's important to me? Mm -hmm. And showing up at this shit every day where it's dictated by the white experience and I have to, in some ways, conform. I'm out. And of course, every situation was that, not that, but I know a lot of them was about like the microaggressions and just feeling like I can't be my authentic self when I walk in here every day Mm -hmm. that y'all motherfuckers always got something to say about what I, how I dress, how I talk, my hair, this, that stop fucking asking me questions. Like, can I just be? And I think that's the thing about being a black person in this country. I just at work, I just, we just want to be. I don't ask white people a bunch of questions about them, even if it's shit about them I don't understand. Okay, 
I don't need to understand it. It feels like why do people always have to understand us in this way where they got to ask 20 questions? Why can't it just be me? This is who I am. Like one day I got a ponytail, one day I got braids. You know my hair didn't grow down my back from yesterday to today. Don't ask me dumbass questions about whether this is my hair. You know it ain't my hair. It's just like these things where it feels like as a black person, I'm always put on a spot in some way. And I have to like tell you about who I am and all these things about me that they're none of your business. I just want to be. And I think I with Cole's within, you just can't be. I just well, want to be. I think also people have to consider like why they deal with things, right? So like I had the shitty job, the job I talk about, you know, on occasion on here. And yes, that was very steeped in microaggressions, awfulness. But I stayed to Kim's point because I cared about my students. I didn't want to let down black and brown kids. I didn't want to be another person to abandon them. So that was why I stuck through it, right? But now I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, you know what? I don't really care about white acceptance. And like, you know... Yes, I guess white people have money and all this other stuff. But also, like, if you want access to me and you want access to the resources that I have, if you want me to be your diversity hire and all these other things, then you need to hire me, the whole person. And if that is not acceptable or in alignment with what your organization is doing, then I am not the Negro or whatever, you know, you want to look at it as um, for your organization. And I'm okay with that. Like, I think people need to really start start taking stock as to why they care so much about what white people think about them when they're also at the simultaneously being like, oh, white people are racist, white people are doing all these things, you know, white people are fighting critical race theory. And of course, I'm not saying all white people, in case you're a white person listening to this, I'm not saying all white people. But, you know, why is that white acceptance still so important to you? They're clearly never going to make us or see us as equal. Like, that, they've made that very clear, they're doing everything in their power to still treat us like we're in the 60s you know with the whole voter registration laws all of a sudden popping back up like we're really like reverting back to very racist things or like trying to not have our history publicized because it makes people uncomfortable so why are you so excited about or so invested in white people accepting you do you really feel like that makes you feel like you've made it or are there other ways that you can get that fulfillment yes yes i love it I mean, I, you really put it down with that one, though. I, I think that that's why we are making spaces for us, right? Like, we've talked about that as Black women, as Black women behold. We were like, listen, we have to make spaces where we feel good about ourselves because we can't wait for anyone else to give us those spaces. And I think that what we are realizing also as Black people is that, like, we control the culture in the United States, right? Like, the U.S. culture is, like, Black culture. We are a part of everything. We don't have to any more like just try and be accepted. We can just be who we are and make space for that. And I think that we're all doing our best job to kind of make space for that and be our authentic selves. So, cause I think about what is the mental and emotional impact of like trying to fit in like every day. And I think that when I was in college, I felt that. And I was like, all right, where is my, people who just love me for me where I don't have to fit in like I don't need to be at every fraternity party like I don't need to be at all the events I'd rather go to black spaces and when I'm out now I'd rather be in black spaces because I want to go where I can just be that like the jokes that I tell are super funny the mannerisms I don't even have to speak in complete sentences out this motherfucker I could be like I yo 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 I mean I can just make noises and y'all get it 
so I think that's what I love about the Black experience, that I can really just kind of be my authentic self. So when y'all think about your authentic self, who is the authentic you? Like, who are you just uninterrupted? Like, just like, if, if, if I just want to see Marquia, who am I going to get? And I'm, and that might, some of that shit might be deemed, I guess, not acceptable at work, maybe. Like, who is just your authentic self, Marquia? Without the code switching, none of it. The same person that y'all hear on this podcast every week. <laughs> this is this this is how I show up in the world. This is really how I show up. Like, you can ask my friend, you can ask my colleagues. Like, this is how I show up. I'm at work. I'm like, oh, girl. Like, I I'm all I'm all of that consistently. Um, you know, and then like when I'm at home, I just be chilling and like watching TV and like I don't really like to be around a lot of people, which I'm sure I've said before as well. So I'm pretty much consistent and the same girl all the time. Um, my parents will probably even tell you that. Like, that's one thing about this child of ours. Like, she's the same person. My mom will often be like, You can't say that. I'm like, why? Why can't I say that, mommy? Why can't I do that, mommy? Like, what why? And she would just be like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna do with you. So I've always been this person some bumps in the road trying to fit in but like trying to fit in is whack and it's not comfortable so I'm not doing that so I mean either you like it or you don't and that's cool you know not for everybody and that's okay I love it um you know it's interesting and I think um there are parts of me that definitely should not see the light in terms of work because (laughs) of how I rock how I ride how I live you know I have an uninhibited kind of live ways of living and that that's not professional it's some shit that's just not professional like you shouldn't bring that there like that stays way over there you know like not everything is meant for every space so that's how I kind of look at things right um um I think that um uninterrupted I mean I'm just listen I got a wild mouth I mean, sometimes this shit is not really appropriate to say at work either. So I, I think, you know, there are pieces of me that like, that can be authentic is like, this is not the piece you bring out here because this is some shit right here. It doesn't matter who hears it. They're going to judge you. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so I think, um, you know, for me, it just feels different. I, I mean, I've, I've looked, I don't know. I look at it a little differently sometimes because um you know the things that I talk about I actually only want the people that know about it to to hear it right like Mm. like okay Marquis if we're talking about like our shows that we like I don't care I don't want other people to know it sometimes I feel like when I'm cold switching it's like because I don't want to be bothered with telling people or explaining what the hell I'm talking about Mm. if I'm with my friends or I'm with people who I can talk to about other things right like you know, I've talked to y'all about sex down south. I, there's a lot of people I can't talk to about that. Like, that's a fun thing for me to go to and enjoy. You know, it's just some spaces that mm-hmm. and things that I can't that that should only be shown or talked about or explored, you know, with people that I think would would get it. So um, what I would like to say is that I think part of the issue with code switching is kind of like how long you have to do it. Right. Like, yeah. You are at work eight hours, eight hours or more a day, you mm-hmm. know, 
And it's that kind of like grinding down like five days a week, six days a week, sometimes people who work seven days a week. So it's just that constant grinding down. Whereas like, if it's like, okay, that's why people enjoy working from home. Like you can pick and choose how much you invest in kind of like the -hmm. interaction if you're, if you're working, cause you don't have to do the small talk. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. And so I think it's, it's just kind of like the exposure time to having to constantly do that is the issue, right? Like it, you're always on, like we're not performers. And so, you know, it wears you down in some regard, mm-hmm. but I'll leave it at that. But, but I, you know, I think that my authentic self is authentic in the right places. <laughs> like mm. I'm not going to go and talk to somebody about some freaky shit. You know, because I'm at work. Like, I can't talk to you about that. Like, I shouldn't be talking to you about that. Because, I mean, the handbook says I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) Because I think that professionalism was steeped in racism, right? Because whiteness is the norm, right? It's, It's baked into our institutions as what is natural, what is normal, what is legitimate, right? Like, so anything that we do is kind of out the norm anyway. So it feels like there is nothing that I could do that would make me feel like I'm like the things that I say and do is appropriate. Like I would have to change in some way. And so I think when we look at this shit for what it really is, right? Like they've decided what's professional, like clean cut is considered professional. I love my husband with a beard and he will shave that joint off when he got to go back to work. And I'm like, I like a man with a beard, but for him, especially when he worked in finance, that wasn't considered professional, right? Like you needed to be clean cut. He always was like, I kind of want some twist. And he was like, nah, because it feels like his chances of getting promoted and things like that would be decreased because of it. Because he needed to fit into what whiteness had considered to be what is right and what is normal and what is legitimate. And so for me, my authentic self is, yeah, it's me with braids. It's, I might have a weave. I might have a long ponytail down my back. Um, I'm not going to speak in the King's English because I really don't care to. Um, I'm not going to speak in a whole bunch of um, slang. But if I want to, I will. Um, I, you know, and it, and it feels like I'm not deemed appropriate in some ways, right? So I just have to be me. Because I already know that the things that I say and do are already questionable to people. I think when Black people walk in a room, sometimes it feels like that's not appropriate, right? Like that's not acceptable. It's like they don't want us around. So it's like, I don't even know what I would have to do to kind of fit in. So I have to be my authentic self. And it took time to do that, though. I think that when I first got into the working world, I didn't really know or understand. I think when I was at a predominantly white college, like I wanted people to think that I was smart, I was capable, I was competent. So, and I felt like if I talked a certain way or dressed a certain way, people would think I was quote unquote ghetto. But I, I think like you, Marquia, I don't care anymore. Like, I think it, it comes to a point when as a black and brown person, you have to get to a point where like, I don't care. But the question is, if I decide not to care, does that decrease my chances of getting promoted and getting put in different spaces where I can thrive? And that's the scary part of all of this. You got to find another space. Hello. There well, are other spaces the consequences. for you. Right. Yeah. Hi, you hard. know, and it's like, so that's why we have to make our own spaces, right? So that's why like there's black people in tech and, you know, we're really out there trying to make opportunities for each other. 
because I think we want you also, people to be yeah. just accepted and comfortable. But I think you also have to, there's these spaces that already exist, mm-hmm. you know, laws exist because people have worked to make them change. And we know that, you know, unwritten laws and written laws, you know, um, in terms, I, what if someone doesn't want to create a space? They just want to come and do a job and get a check because they, mm-hmm. their family and the, their life is more important than work. They shouldn't, you know, go start to be an entrepreneur. Like that shit is not for everybody. Not everybody wants that. Right. They just want to get that safety so that they can go live their life. You know, they want to live to work, not work to live. So however mm-hmm. you flip it. So I think what we have to do is really think about a collective kind of like thing. Let me tell you something. Um, I got a, I got a, I got a white woman fired with some mm-hmm. of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At a former job, I was in a union. They didn't play with us. I got my raises and I had my grievances. People have to think about how, the status quo and how it um, divides and separates. And mm-hmm. then you also have people who distance themselves from other Black people I in the space. Right. So now you mm-hmm. left alone. And I think we have to look at how we have given our power away, right? Like in some regard, because if it's a bunch of us, you're not playing because mm. we know that we have like the numbers. And so I think really, really looking at how do you change it from within and sharing the burden versus shouldering it is very hard to be the only something yeah. and having to, you know, flip, flip it and, and, you know, change the status quo, um, because I do believe that there's space for people to be there, black people to be there and not code switch if they don't want to. What I do, what I, what I also do believe is that in order for that to really happen, we have got to, you know, band together in those spaces and make some noise and mm-hmm. do the damn thing and figure it out. I keep telling people in my job, yo, we need a union. When y'all ready, some shit will change. We playing games, talking. I don't got time. And so that's what- for any job. And, yeah. you know, any damn job. So what are some tips you would say to kind of stay authentic or at least to find like that happy medium at work? I think for me, I, I had to make a decision to bring more of myself to work, like to stop hiding or downplaying parts of my identity, right? Like, yes, me and you may be different, but you should get to know the differences, right? Like, I'm not like you and that's okay. And you're not like me, but I can't keep putting that mask on fuck it I got to take the mask off and stop downplaying parts of my identity like this is who I am and so I think more of us if we are like just push ourselves out there like this is who I am at work get used to it so then the next black person can come in could be themselves too right because they see you at work like oh shit and each is her authentic self so I guess I can be too Mm, love it um, I think, um, allowing others to be uncomfortable. Sometimes we rush to like, oh, you know, oh, this or that, or I'm sorry, or you try to clean it up. It's like, no, let that motherfucker cry. Let that motherfucker be uncomfortable. They made you uncomfortable. And, um, and, you know, that was their turn to feel the consequences of their behaviors or their words or their actions. Um, you know, cause it's not your responsibility to take care of others. And we put that on ourselves and we are rewarded for that because, you know, oh, it's okay for someone to speak a certain way or behave a certain way to you. But when you try to kind of like, you know, say something back, you get, you get a backlash. So then what we do is 
we try and like, you know, uh, make the situation better by apologizing when we don't need to, or trying to correct it when it wasn't our fault. I think if you're in a position or in a career right now where maybe you don't feel comfortably being your full authentic self in front of everyone at work, find your people, right? Like you need to find your safe space, create your safe spaces in those um, arenas so that you are able to still feel like you are you Um, because there's nothing worse than stifling yourself and getting to a point where you don't know who you are anymore and you don't you feel disconnected from you like that's just a terrible terrible feeling um so I would definitely suggest um doing that and again I really would just push you to assess like why are you doing this like are you doing it because you want white people to think you are capable are you doing it because someone told you to do it is this something that you actually feel comfortable doing I mean if you're into it and you're like you know this is my vibe and like at work I just like to present as this and when I'm in the club on the weekend you know dancing on couches and shit this is who I am then that's fine if you want to be you know living your double life I like to dance on tables (laughs) you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not judging you for that but again I ask you like is that what's really making your soul happy do you feel whole when you're doing that or are you just doing it to achieve some arbitrary goal and if it is goal driven is the goal realistic are you actually going to achieve that like those things you have to ask yourself but I say fuck all that fuck them people and be true to yourself. They'll be all right. And if not, you will find another space, especially now people need employees. You can find another job. Fuck them people. I mean, I think about all of this, like DEI, diversity, what is it? Diversity, equity, equity, and inclusion. I I know that that's being promoted (laughs) everywhere, but sometimes it feels like a space for black and brown people to talk about their experiences while white people listen. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm mad consultants now get Mm -hmm. gobbing up the money. Okay. Like, what is this really about? Is there really diversity? Is there really equity? And is there really inclusion? (laughs) Or we just doing workshops, y'all, and webinars? Yeah. Like, let's figure this out. Like, what is this? Because Black people are tired of getting up, telling y'all our experiences as if y'all don't know, so that something will change. I don't need to be a part of these conversations. Y'all need to well, figure out the changes that need to be made. I can't keep telling y'all the way that I'm treated and feel at work. Y'all know at this point, shit. Well, I would push back and say that maybe okay. not the same workshops are necessary for all demographics, right? So we're yes. in the process of doing a DEI series. We work with Black and Brown children. Fine. The last session that we had definitely was not for the black folk right it was more for the white people to understand hey I have these biases whatever whatever on the flip side we all know all skin folk and kin folk and there are black people that need to sit and figure out their areas of anti-blackness and their internalized white supremacy that is jumping out in other arenas and making them look crazy so it may not be the same workshops that need to happen but black people we got our shit too now because again why are you seeking out this white acceptance and trying to be like the white people that you allegedly cannot stand so much or think are so terrible because you think that's the only way to get ahead sometimes and also that's what we've been taught to assimilate like shit our whole lives is about assimilating shake the table fuck that shake the table Push that shit think over. about wait a minute think about how um 
Oh, that just made me think about that episode with Molly and that other lawyer. Yes. Bro, she was, Molly was like, oh, you know, trying to, you know, caution her. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to be me because I got this far. Right. And then she went far. And then the white woman was like, girl, get a hold of your girl. Molly was like, nah, uh uh. You have to talk to her. Like, mm-hmm. what? You want me to do your dirty work? It was mm-hmm. very interesting. I don't know. That just popped in my head when we were talking about this. Them damn shows. Yes. <laughs> All we do out here, watching shows. Some watching damn shows. Like Netflix is probably the worst thing that ever could have happened. Like you can actually binge watch a whole show <laughs> and a whole day on a Saturday. It's like, good Lord, we should not be doing this with our time. But <laughs> decompression is okay. The Tender Swindler, y'all should watch that. That's some shit. The who? Um, the Tender Swindler on Netflix. Oh yes. I, everybody is talking about it. Ooh, I tried to watch it that was mass. Throw out okay. the dating apps. But All right, yes. I'm gonna watch it then. And I'm watching Damn. sweet. Okay, so before we go, we're gonna tell everybody what we're watching. So mm-hmm. I'm watching Sweet Magnolias on Netflix. I think it's super cute. Um, I love that there's a friendship between these three women. And of course, you know, they threw a black woman in there. Um, I wasn't mad though. She's like not the token <laughs> or anything. It feels like a really good friendship. And I like it. I don't know why I like it. I'm sorry I can't give more, but it's a, it's about three friends. So I really think I love the way in which that they are there for each other and they're supportive of each other. And it makes me feel like you just have to find your community. So, mm. What you watching, Marquia? Um, Nothing right now. It's usually like on the weekend when I'm sitting down. I'm like, all right, let's review this. But I think our show is coming back, Kim. I think Jason's coming back, so. Ah, can't wait, girl. Chasing Atlanta. That's that shit. A YouTube series. Get into it. It's so good. <laughs> and we got to watch Miss Lauren. Um, I'm actually, you know, I like lots of like sci-fi DC Marvel shit. I'm watching um John Cena. Um, this show that he has. So it's a spin-off of um oh lord, the suicide squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, the character is called Peacemaker. So it's just a very interesting show. I really like watching it. Um, hmm. I like stuff like that. So, and it's really good. It has Danielle Brooks in it. She's really good. Ooh, Tasty, right? From Orange is the New really Black. This. Yeah, she's very good in this. Um, also, shout out to the the Lifetime Channel um, single black female that's coming out. I'm mad. I'm gonna watch it, but I'm gonna watch it because I'm gonna watch much it Lifetime too. movies, girl. <laughs> Woo! It's look I like love it's gonna be interesting. So there we are. All right, Marquia, you going to take us out? Um, Sure, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Black Woman Behold podcast. Um, If you want to keep up with us in our shenanigans, um, you can follow us on Facebook at Black Woman Behold. You can find us on Instagram at Black Woman Behold. And make sure you like and subscribe and like share our podcast so that your friends can listen too and join the conversation. And we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.